Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. On Exploring Missions, we are always doing something that is missional. Sometimes we're interviewing people that are on mission field, even in foreign countries, someone that's going that way, someone who has been that way, a leader of a ministry. But some of the greatest mission work that I know that goes on is here in the headquarters at AFR. Uh, We try to share the gospel every day, but some get to travel ever so often to places to share uh, the ministry that God has called them into, and we love to interview them. And today is no different. Nathan, we have someone that you've known most of your life. Yeah. Uh, I want to set this up, make sure I'm doing it right. Is this individual someone that was at a camp that you were attending and they came and spoke? That's right. I was I was that wonderful, uh, delightful age of 12 as a, <laughs> as a young boy um, and went to a, a summer uh, summer camp for a, for a week or so. And um, one of our guests um, was this individual. And at the time, I thought he might be the coolest person I've ever met in my life. And uh, whatever years later it is, I don't know, but multiple. Um, I, I don't know if he's the coolest person I've ever met, but he's still one of the, the greatest people I've ever met. Well, I agree with you, and uh, I have known this guy for a long time. And if you're wondering who it is, it is J.J. Jasper. J.J., welcome to Exploring Missions. I was wondering who it was. I was looking around (laughs) thinking, wait, I thought I was supposed to join you guys. Well, it's a mutual admiration society because, Brother Bert, I've told you on the air and behind the scenes how much I admire and respect you, people that hear you and Alex on Exploring the Word and here on Exploring the Missions, you and your son, uh, Exploring Missions. I don't know of anybody, folks listening, I don't know of anybody that has more um, character and integrity than Bert Harper. And in fact, when he retired from a church he pastored nearly uh, 35 years or so, headlines on the, I think it was the front page of the paper, it said, in him I find no guile. And when people in the community watch you and you're scrutinized, you're in a fishbowl, and the big bold letters in the newspaper say, and I find no guile in him. And Brother Bert, I, I love your heart for the Lord. You're just a dedicated Christian, a devoted family man. And Nathan, yeah, I remember those days when I, sadly, uh, back then I looked like Rambo. Yeah. I had curly hair and was all muscled up, and now I'm just all broken down. <laughs> I'm glad to be that's here. That's call time. Yeah. Uh, that's call Father time. time yeah. has, has been, and it's not that I have that many years on me. It's just most of them were in first gear <laughs> or on what some, somebody said on gravel roads. Yeah. Well, J.J., uh, I want you to tell a story kind of uh, in capsule form. What brought you from Owens? Owensboro. Owens, I nearly said Owensburg. It's Owensboro, Kentucky, to Tupelo, Mississippi. What a transition. I was uh, I did a lot of youth work in my local church, and I emceed a lot of events. 
and uh, was a speaker. And so someone invited me to Tupelo, Mississippi. I couldn't even find it on the map. <laughs> but a dear friend, Steve Hallman, and I came, and um, it was a weekend thing for the youth. A lot of decisions were made, so much so he said, will you please stick around for a week and help disciple these kids? I had a full-time job. He said, whatever you make in a week, I'll pay you. I just really want to invest in these kids and disciple them. So in that time, he said, I could really see you in Christian radio and the local Christian radio station here. Their morning guy just quit. And it was one of those things, I think it's Psalm 37.4. I'm not sure where God gives you the desires of your heart. I had this little corner of my heart. I thought I would love to be on Christian radio. Never really even told anyone but I did a lot of MC work, worked with youth, and so he took me to the radio station. I got the job. I was there for five years, and then Brother Don started this radio station. Brother Don Wildman. Don Wildman, who said, I'm going to start one station, build it into a network. I want you to come you know, over from that station and be our morning guy. So, But it was all... It sounds like I was at the right place at the right time. A little bit of that, but mostly God is sovereign. And boy, the Lord led me here. And uh, I, I've loved to be on the radio, and it's just been a, a whirlwind. I appreciate the opportunity to be a cheerleader for Jesus on the radio. Well, speaking of uh, a radio personality or, or maybe even a calling in that, in that regard, uh, I remember when I was 16 years old, so not, you know, four years after that 12 year old mark. And, um, God was working in my life to show me some of uh, the steps He had for me in 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 the future and clarifying a call on on my life. And I remember uh, basically just surrendering to God, saying, "Whatever it is You want me to do, Lord, wherever it is You want me to go, I'll I'll be what it is You want me to be." Um, and even though I put it all on the table in the back of my mind, I was kind of I had a selfish request. I was like but I don't really want to be a missionary. <laughs> and I think it would be cool to be a radio, a Christian radio disc jockey. Um, and I might have had you in mind when I was praying that. Um, it's kind of funny how things kind of, God works things out in his own way and his, in, in his uh, timeline. But um, yeah, it's, it's God's call on your life. Um, you, wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to write one book about it. For you, would you? Exactly. Yeah, it's just like he's used you, Nathan, and you kind of got to do it all, missions, and now you're on the radio. But uh, how thankful we are when you pray, Lord, please lead God and direct me, and then you stay in his word. When we talk to him, that's prayer. When you spend time reading your Bible, God will speak to you. He will He will really and truly, he'll reveal himself to you, and that's how he, uh, he guides us, and you realize, hey, he's the potter, I'm the clay, Lord, please lead God and direct me, and I'm so thankful that He is in charge of our lives. If we'll just, if I'll just get out of the way and allow Him to continue to do that. With that in mind, I want to read this scripture, guys. This is one of the greatest scriptures I think there is concerning ministry. It's in First Timothy one twelve. Paul was writing to Timothy, and he says this: "I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because He counted me faithful." putting me into the ministry. He didn't count me worthy. He didn't count me able, but he enabled me in my faithfulness. So what God desires, and um, I'm preaching a little bit here, is faithfulness. And uh, one of the greatest things I've ever heard is Don Wildman when he is quoted in being faithful. 
We may not can do everything, but there's nothing that keeps us from being faithful. If you can't sing, you can still be faithful. If you can't preach, you can still be faithful. And so that's what God does. And if you're faithful, he puts you into ministry. It may be a different ministry. It may be on the radio. It may be a missionary, maybe pastor, maybe a producer of a radio program running the boards. But he has enabled us with that in mind, J.J., when you came on the radio and became that disc jockey and you were just introducing songs and sharing, uh, you had already started emceeing, but God has opened up doors for you right now that uh, Tim Wildman, our president, uh, he talks about you and and my co-host on Exploring the Word all the time, Alex McFarland, traveling the country, sharing the good news, sharing ministry, And he says, man, they're some of the best PR we have for AFR. And you're one of them, brother. And I appreciate that. You hit the road a lot, don't you? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, The the quote that you're thinking about from Brother Don, he says, God doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. And so you say, well, I don't feel qualified to whatever, fill in the blank. Uh, work in the nursery, be a deacon at church, be a Sunday school teacher. A lot of people don't feel qualified. He he qualifies who he calls, and he'll give you the skills and the the necessary tools to accomplish what he sends you to do. But, yeah, the, uh, Tim Wildman talks about Alex and me. He says, boy, you guys are good ambassadors because you're right. We're on the road a lot. And just this year, it's crazy. Just this year, I've been to two different towns in Illinois. I've been to Missouri, Arkansas, New Mexico, Texas, and uh, I'm just thinking from memory. So North Carolina, <laughs> just returned from North Carolina. So I'm really so thankful for these open, open doors. And, and Mississippi. And Mississippi, <laughs> that's right. And Alabama. I was yeah. just in Alabama a couple of weeks ago. But um, uh, for years, Nathan, a lot of the open doors were for youth ministry. Now, oh, and I've been to Michigan this summer because I was about to say, when I feel like, okay, that ship has sailed – I got invited to a college, a national college conference to speak in Michigan. And and I even thought, why do they want an old gray-haired guy to speak to these college kids? But you know what? When you're talking about the love of Jesus and the person of Jesus Christ who was born of a virgin and he lived a sinless life, he willingly went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And it's because of the life and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That story never gets old. In fact, my wife and I, we started a college Bible study. It lasted for a year and a half. And the kids would come over, and we would feed them. They'd play volleyball. Then we'd have an in-depth Bible study. It was a highlight of our of our time for a year and a half, and we just put it on pause. But to see those college kids carrying their Bible, memorizing Scripture, sharing the gospel, making wise choices, choosing good friends, that was a thrill. But, yeah, I got invited to speak at a, at a youth thing, but a lot of the events are pregnancy resource center, banquets. Um, I just did two wild game dinners, one in North Carolina and then one um, over— What did you eat, uh, did you eat at the wild game? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm glad you asked. When I was in North Carolina, I had deer and squirrel, and uh, let's see, there were a lot of different things. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but the most recent one, they had black bear. Mm. And so one of the uh, hunters from the church had gone to Canada and harvested a bear, 
And I know people are thinking, yeah, and it tastes like chicken. No, it didn't taste like chicken, but uh, I'd had bear once before, and it was like uh, shoe leather. It was very, very <laughs> tough and had, really gamey. They must have cooked this up right because it was it was tender and delicious. But I had <laughs> bear and deer and elk steaks and rabbit, and I don't know what all, but it was really good. Well, J.J., that really has something to do with missions because a lot of missionaries go to these countries where the American food is not available, they've they've they put before them food, asking no questions. Yep. Uh, Nathan it's had always a f- wild, yeah. And the game is see if you can you know you can stomach it or <laughs> That's not. That's it. That's it. There's a reason you said the blessing. You take asking the Lord's blessing on the food a little more serious when you're on the mission field. <laughs> That's right. I've been to a handful of mission on a handful of mission trips, and I'm right there with you, brother. Well, I want you to tell why. Speaking at crisis pregnancy centers, uh, I'll I'll put it this way. When I hear you on the radio in the morning and you've been to them, uh, there's a little added incentive in your voice, uh, J.J. What brought this on? Let me back up and say years ago, I think one of the first that was uh, spoke in Nebraska and the uh, executive director contacted me and said, hey, I want you to know we raised more money at that banquet than we ever have in any banquet in the history of our ministry, and we've been around 20, 25 years. And I said, well, that was nice. No, I'm telling you, we set a record and raised more money. Well, then the next banquet, they said something similar, and the next, and the next. My wife, who wives are so much smarter than husbands, and they just are able to pick up on the nuances, and and they're so discerning. Melanie said, you know, I think the Lord has given you an extra calling to be a pro-life banquet, you know, speaker for these pregnancy center fundraisers because you're so passionate about it. But to answer your question, Brother Barrett, we always had a sanctity, a heart for the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death. Those sweet, innocent babies that are fearfully and wonderfully knitted together in their mother's womb. We were a pro-life family. And then there was a tragedy on a farm. We bought a farm with horses and, and cattle, and we, uh, at the time, our little five-year-old son, Cooper, died in an accident. And when we didn't think we could be more pro-life, you know that old adage, that old saying, you don't know what you have until you've lost it. And when we, you have, at the time, we had three little girls and one little boy. And if you have one of anything, there's an extra special bond. And when our little boy was here one one evening and gone, uh, you know, passed over into the next life, and, and he was just gone in the blink of an eye, when when we were already pro-life and didn't think we could be more pro-life, the fact of losing a child, that just took us to the next level. And then there are so many layers to our pro-life story. We have seven children. Melanie's given birth to all seven. So we have a, a large family. We love babies at our house. We had, Then we had a little boy born with Down syndrome. And at first there was a, a you know, we I just thought about the challenges. I didn't want him to be made fun of or to ride the short bus and all the limitations. And I mean, it's like we won the child lottery. Brother Bert, to be very, very personal, you're one of the first people that I I, I went to because it felt a little bit like a, a punch in the gut because I was thinking, oh, I was wanting to teach him how to drive. I pictured him getting married, having a family. I'm a pilot. I want to teach him how to fly an airplane. I hope he'll excel in sports. 
And then all of a sudden, it felt and looked like it was going to be the opposite of all those things. He probably won't marry and have a family, probably won't be able to drive little things. But it was the it initially, even though I'm pro-life, it was a it was a lot to process. And I came to you, Brother Bert, and I said, you know, I, I don't know what's going on here. My only son died in an accident. Here I have another child, another boy on the way. And I just thought, isn't that just like God? And it just didn't seem like it was going to turn out like I had hoped. Boy, God knows exactly what you need, precisely when you need it. Uh, we got exactly who we needed. He just came in a little different package than we imagined. Brother Bart, I came to your office. You prayed for me, and you told me about your sweet little. Was he your cousin? cousin. It was my. Na- uh, it was a cousin. Nathan's cousin, and his name was Bobby, and uh, we would have family reunions, and I'm the, you know, Nathan, Matthew, and Micah, our three sons, uh, family reunions are family reunions, but when they found out Bobby was going to be there, Down syndrome, they all got excited. You mean Bobby's going to be there? And we said, yeah. said, we're ready to go, and uh, Bobby was a very special, special man in our lives and uh, matter of fact, he had died just a month before found out about your son. And I remember preaching at Bobby's funeral, and I said, Bobby was perfect for God's will in his life. And I meant that because Bobby ministered to so many people, and our lives were changed because of him. And listen, God... God knows what he's doing. He really does. I'm trusting. You can too. Well, and you've met Bodie. You both have. He's like one click below an angel, pure, innocent, sweet, that big smile. I, I got to tell you one Bodie story. I could tell dozens, but we live in Tornado Alley. Our flagship station is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Tornado on the ground, maybe 30 miles from our hometown. The weatherman broke in, said, quick, quick. Go to your safe place. You don't have minutes. You just have seconds. Melanie gathered up the kids, put them in the tub, piled on the pillows, put in the blankets. There's whimpering. They're freaking out a little bit. So they're in the tub, all these pillows, all these blankets. When they're all in there, Bodie turned on the shower. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, Bodie. But you can't stay mad at him with that big silly grin and those almond-shaped eyes. And he makes us laugh every single day. Well, what else do you supposed to do when you're in the tub? You're supposed to, you know. That's... He, he wanted to, I guess he wanted them to have an IMAX uh, movie experience. I want you to feel the wind <laughs> and the waves. Yeah, what do they call it, 4D? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, JJ, you, you might wonder, like, how, how, did, how did I get to Michigan and speaking in front of these college students? Um, but I can tell you, and it's why you – get invited to speak in all the places you do it's because you're authentic and that i mean when you're authentic i mean think about this and this is this is the kind of life we're all called to live uh whether we get to speak publicly uh or whether we're like most people and that's like our worst fear is to is public speaking right um but living authentically sharing with you know even individuals uh in an authentic way um, you you you're doing what you already said is is we're out of the way, and it's a clear picture of who God is, and it's a clear message of the gospel that we can share and that we could proclaim. Uh, when when we're fake and when we put on and we try to impress and make others believe we're something that we're we're not, 
Um, God has to get all that out of the way before they can hear, before they can see. Uh, but being authentic, living authentic lives, um, you know, turning the shower on in the in the middle of the tornado drill, uh, you know, having having mistakes, having real life issues, and we're open with that, and we're authentic about that those things. Uh, God can use that uh, to His glory uh, in a, I think, in a greater way than when we're trying to be all professional and polished. I do too. Speaking of authentic, I just want to tell this story. JJ, you make me think of them, and this is not missional. We'll get back to the mission, but uh, sometimes our stories are missional when they have a real, real purpose. But this was Easter uh, weekend. And on that particular Saturday, we had all three of our boys in our in our car, and we was driving by, and there was a store in Tupelo that was having a, a sale on shoes. And this is during when the Smurfs were big, big, big. And they had Papa Smurf out there, somebody in a costume, you know, motioning, come on in, buy your shoes now. And so anyway, that was Saturday. Sunday morning is time to go to church. Easter Sunday morning, excited about the resurrection. But our middle son, Matthew, says, well, I'm going to tell everybody at church in the Easter Bunny that I saw Papa Smurf. And I, <laughs> I thought, man, now listen, here's the pastor, and it's Easter resurrection morning, and we're talking about the Easter Bunny and Papa Smurf. I said, that's the height of reality. But authenticity, as Nathan was talking about, it registers with people. And I want to share this with you, and this is important, and I just want you to keep it up. When you come back from one of your speaking engagements, usually the next day you're calling out, we want to thank George, we want to thank Jane for being there. Those people that you met have become a part of your life, life, and, and that really speaks volumes when you know people are important. I just talked to Kip. That's an unusual name, K-I-P, from Clovis, New Mexico. They invited me out years ago to do a Saturday night men's ministry, a night of comedy and inspiration. I do stand-up comedy. We laughed together on Saturday night, challenged the men, and then they had me preach on Sunday morning, Central Baptist Church in Clovis, New Mexico. Well, I had a chance to go there again this year, and I got to meet Kip, who's a for-real cowboy. I mean, cowboy hat, cowboy boots, horses, that's what they do. But I was so impressed when his mom uh, popped on my phone that his mom has her obit, and it and she was a remarkable lady. But one of the things that she did is she read a Bible all the way through, made notes in the margins for a particular child, and in her lifetime she'd given away twenty five Bibles that she read all the way through with that child or that grandchild in mind writing things in the margin, and it talked about the legacy she had, and I thought, well, she must have been, she must have had an amazing mom to nurture and care for her. The obit went on to say her mom died when she was 16 months old. She didn't have a mama to tuck her in or any of those kinds of things, and I thought, in that little girl's mind, at some point, she must have thought, I have missed out on so much. And, you know, if she had wound up taking the wrong road, nobody would have faulted her. Well, sure, she didn't even have a mama to guide her. And I was thinking she must have thought in her mind, if if God ever blesses me and gives me a family, I'm going to be the best mama I can. And it went on and talked about her love for the Lord and her love for her. She loved her neighbor as herself. I got to meet the family and the children, and they're all so winsome, and they're all just living amazing lives. So yeah, I talked to him just yesterday, and that's somebody I met on one of these trips you're talking about. 
Our guest today is J.J. Jasper, again at AFR. Uh, he is the morning show host, along with John Riley, at our uh, programs, our, our stations. About I, I guess there's around 60 or 70 of those here. You, they're the the ones that carry the music in the morning, and then they switch to talk in the afternoon. And uh, JJ, I wanted to ask this: When you started radio and you started doing that, how did the call of God? You're so good at working in the salvation. Was that something that just because you as a witness came natural, or did you have to work that in to say, okay, I want to introduce this song, but I want people to know Jesus? You know, I moved in with my grandmother. I was on the wrong road. Uh, my life is completely out of control. I was at rock bottom. I moved in with my grandmother, who taught Sunday school for over 50 years at Yelvington Baptist Church, a town that resembled Mayberry. And it was because of my grandmother's prayers and seeing Jesus in her. And then at that time, I had an uncle who got radically saved. Now, my uncle was very religious. Don't miss that word. He was on all kinds of committees at church, but he had never been born again. And when he realized his need for God, humbled himself, and received Jesus Christ into his heart and life by faith, he was radically changed. I mean, you could see the change. His marriage improved. His, his language improved. He wasn't telling those dirty jokes. He quit drinking. He quit smoking. And here, this person who was religious and very, very faithful church member, he started telling all of us in the family, listen, something's happened. I've met Jesus. He's real. It's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's not a fairy tale. Jesus really, really is real. I've, I've met him. God changed my life. And he would talk about the third chapter of John where you can be born again. So because of my grandmother's prayers, my uncle who shared the gospel uh, relentlessly over and over, and he, he did not give up on me even when I said I wasn't interested. But uh that was the starting point, and then just going to good Bible-believing churches and, you know, just hearing the gospel and, and learning and growing in the Lord. Then when the Lord moved me into radio, that was just a natural way to continue that. J.J., um, for our listeners who might be interested in um, having you, hosting you in their, in their town, um, maybe at their church or um, maybe it's a uh, crisis pregnancy center that uh, they need a uh, speaker. Um, maybe they just want to meet you in person. Uh, <laughs> what is the best way for them to to reach out to you and, and connect with you? JJJasper.com. Thank you for that, Nathan. JJJasper.com. And I'm on Facebook, JJJasper Official on Facebook. And you said about meeting me in person. Um, for many, many years, people have said I've got a face for radio I hope that's a compliment because I hear that a lot. Hey, when I walked in to here, they said, you're hired. <laughs> they looked at me. They didn't have to hear the voice. They had heard the voice. So, uh, But, J.J., I, I just want to say thank you, brother. You're one of my heroes. You're one of my favorite people that I've ever had the privilege of knowing. And thank you for being on Exploring Missions, man. I feel the same about you and Nathan, your other two boys. God has blessed you, Brother Bert. Uh, you're a mentor to us. And hey, thank you for listening to American Family Radio. If you haven't gone on a mission trip, consider that. We've talked about being in the center of God's will. Let go, let God, let Him navigate you to where you can say, Not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and may you get on mission for God. Mm-hmm.